So a favourite game that many of us probably played in our youth uh, is hide and seek. And after the person has counted to 60, if they're able to count that far, or you can just, well, you can count to 10 six times, whatever. Uh, wh- wh- uh, counting wasn't always so easy when you're four. Um, so after playing the game of hide and seek, after you've reached the number 60, whatever it was supposed to be, one minute, then you would call out, what's this expression that you call out just before you come, before you go looking? Ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here I come. And a lot of people live their lives kind of like a giant game of hide and seek, right? where the Lord gives us freedom. And with that freedom, we run. And we run to all these wonderful, well, what we think will be wonderful experiences, all these uh, things that we think will make us happy, all these things that we think will fulfill uh, our deepest needs, and we're running, running towards all these things. And then after a certain amount of time, like the Lord... Well, he's, he's, he is always pursuing us. He's always pursuing us. He's looking for us. So he is effectively saying, like, ready or not, here I come. You know, I'm coming after you in a good way. Not in a, not in a I'm chasing you, uh, chasing you, hunting you down. That's not, not what he means at all. But whether we are ready or not, like the Lord is coming after us. Because like any game, eventually... The mother will come out and call you in for dinner or to wash up or whatever it is, you know. Any game will eventually end. And our lives here as well eventually end. So there's a limited amount of time to get all of this right, you know. There's a limited amount of time to be found. There's a limited amount of time to learn that we should stop running. I know it's kind of not the purpose of the game. The game isn't, you know, the person who's on says, ready or not, here I come. And you come out and go, here I am. Of course not. That's you've kind of missed the point of the game. Then, uh, but you get my, you get the analogy. Okay, it has limitations. Uh, so, the Lord is looking for us, and we often spend our lives running from Him. But He's trying to find us. So, along the way, we can make all sorts of mistakes. And what's interesting is, like when we look at the lives of the saints. No matter how far we have fallen or how big the mistakes we have made, there's always a way back, if we want it. And this is a very sad thing that I, I think uh, priests or those who, who do spiritual direction often witness. It's when, when those who have fallen condemn themselves so much that they don't believe they can be saved. So those who have been rejected or hurt or fallen into addiction or made some catastrophic, what we call it, mortal sin uh, somewhere along their, along their lives and they can't forgive themselves. So they, they choose, they put themselves in this self-imposed prison. And so then even though the Lord is there and has already opened the door and has already said the confession's right there and then we're back, we're back together, it's all good. They say, no, maybe you can forgive me but I can't forgive myself. Now they might, they might actually know that's what's happening. But they may feel so filled with guilt that they actually think it's God who hasn't forgiven them when he has, but they can't forgive themselves. So the Lord is is chasing, he's looking for this lost sheep. He's coming after them because he knows they're in danger. But then when they see the shepherd coming, rather than running back to the shepherd, they run from him. Lord, leave me, for I am a sinful man, says St. Peter. Leave me, Lord. Look, I, 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 I know you're good, and I, I see what you're trying to do, 
um, and I'm glad that you're, you're good and you're merciful. Just use all that goodness and mercy to everybody else because they deserve it, but, but not me. Um, I'll, you know, I'll do my best. I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll take care of myself and I'll get back to you maybe when I have it all sorted. And it just, you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. We can't. We can't, we can't fix those kind of problems. We can't fix... Uh, uh, it's very hard for us... I'm not sure if it's even possible for us to fix our own wounded heart. You never see a surgeon doing surgery on himself. Like, we just... We need others. We need others. So the, the Lord is constantly pursuing us. The Lord is constantly trying to call us back. And as he says in, in today's Gospel... We do not need to be afraid of those who can kill the body, and after that can do no more. I tell you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has the power to cast into hell. Now, after yesterday's saints, Shonda Rebuff and Isaac Job, when we hear of what people can do to the body, you know, as regards torture, and that I do not be afraid of those who can kill the body. Well, I kind of would possibly be afraid of getting captured by Iroquois back in the day and being burned and skinned and half-eaten and having my blood drank and my heart, well, my heart eaten, I was already dead at that point. But still, it's not very nice. <laughs> I kind of would, yeah, admittedly, be somewhat afraid of that. But I tell you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has the power to cast into hell. So the real battle, he's saying, the real battle is for the soul, the real battle is for the heart. And in that battle, our enemy wants to constantly accuse us. We hear in the book of Revelation, the enemy who accuses the brothers day and night before our God. So the enemy, our adversary, Satan himself, is the one who accuses us, not God. He accuses us, so he wants to constantly remind us of our defects, of our faults, of our sins, of our failures, of our insufficiency. You aren't good enough. You'll never be good enough. You've fallen. You'll probably fall again. You can go back to confession, but it makes no difference. You're going to fall again anyway. And ultimately, at the end of the day, God will eventually realize the kind of stuff you're made from. And he'll give up on you too, just like everybody else has. You know, and these are subtle little voices that we constantly hear. So what do we choose to listen to? What do we choose to do? And it's, it's interesting, like, the, the lost sheep. Was the lost sheep looking for the shepherd? Probably not. Probably not. The lost sheep, more than likely, was looking for food. And then, you know, pleasure, the next good thing, and then realizes there's no one else around and just sits there, bang, feeling sorry for itself. All right? But I don't, I don't think, like, sheep don't go looking for the shepherd. They don't. They just kind of, yeah, say, get lost in their own little world and just want to graze and, and maybe are kind of afraid of a possible wolf coming. But they're not necessarily looking for the shepherd. It's the shepherd who comes looking for the sheep or the lamb. That's, that, that's the, you know, that, that, that moment there when the lamb gets picked up and goes, oh, this is nice, <laughs> and gets carried home. But they weren't necessarily looking for the shepherd, stupid little thing. Like, it should have. That's, that's, that's what it should have been doing. Right? When you realize that you've, you know, you've strayed from the, the flock, stray back, would you mind? Like, just stop feeling sorry for yourself. Um, but but like, this, this is this, this, this dynamic we have in, a, in, a, in, our, in a, it's like our whole life story. 
The Lord who creates us, gives us freedom. We run away and then he comes pursuing us. Can we just give him a break? Can we, just, can we please run back to him? Can we just please run back to the shepherd and make things a bit easier on him? And then believe that what he offers us is actually offered to us. He says in, in today's gospel, not one is forgotten in God's sight. Right? He's talking about the, the sparrows in this case. But then he says, why every hair on your head has been counted. There is no need to be afraid. You're worth more than hundreds of sparrows. He knows you. He loves you. He's coming to find you and to bring you back. But that whole dynamic, that whole story is so much easier if we're looking for him too. If we're, like, I mean, his divine hand is always reaching down to us. But if we're looking for him too, then that whole process is so much quicker and so much less painful. Otherwise, our experiences will be, we'll look for pleasure here, look for happiness there, look for fulfillment there, and we're constantly running. And it's only when we fall and can't run anymore, then we realize, Lord, I need your help. After we fall and after we can't run, after we're exhausted, after we're wounded, then we realize our need for God. Do we have to go that far? Do we have to break a leg before we realize we need God? It's a lot easier to recognize now, Lord, I need you. I need you. And the song, uh, Reckless Love, in, in, in the bridge, it's, 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 a, uh, it's a bit of kind of an emotional song. Well, excessively emotional, dare I say. But, but, the, but the bridge, I do find very, it's not very you know, biblical in, in some of its expressions, but uh, I do find it very powerful. Um, because I always have the, the, the image of the, the, the shepherd looking for the sheep, and not so much kind of looking casually, you know, walking along with his staff, looking, will I, find, will I find a little lamb today? But actually doing battle. You see, like on, on the cross, the Lord isn't passively looking for sheep, hoping to, you know, come astray across astray. Uh, but he's actively pursuing with intention each soul. And on the cross, he's doing battle with evil for the good of each soul. That wasn't for him. That was for us. So then in, in that kind of a context, when you hear the words, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down or lie you won't tear down. The lies you've believed about yourself, about not being good enough, about, about being rejected, about always you will be, or you're condemned to live in the mire of your sin for all eternity. They are not the words of God. They are the words of the accuser. So there's no lie you won't tear down coming after me. You know, that kind of, that, that fight that the Lord is engaged in for your good, for your salvation. He's pursuing you. And we can make that whole pursuit so much easier if we're looking for him too. That's why when we come into the chapel, like it's not, it shouldn't be a passive thing. We should, whenever we go to mass, it shouldn't be like, I just, you know, I put down this, 40 minutes, then I get on with my life. But Lord, I'm looking for you. I'm looking to be nourished by you. I'm looking to be healed by you. And there's, there's, such, there's such power in that decision where I decide intentionally to make my prayer time, my, my time at Mass, to make it like uh, profitable. 
like, Lord, I'm not just here because I kind of have to be part of the program, but Lord, I'm, I'm here because I need you and I want your healing. You've come, you've been looking for me all my life. And sometimes I've been closer to you and sometimes I've run away. But today, let us decide to run to him, to run to the Lord, to run to our Father. Amen.